Hey there, people-powered business community. Are you ready to transform the way you handle difficult conversations in your business? If so, I'd love you to join me for the Mastering Difficult Conversations workshop that I'm running next week. In just three interactive online sessions on the 18th, 20th and 22nd of March, you'll discover your unique leadership style, you'll master the art of impactful communication by learning the translation code, and you will build your personalized difficult conversations framework. Imagine tackling tricky team talks with confidence and ease, all for the special price for you listeners of just $47. But hurry, spots limited to ensure that we have an engaging experience for everyone. It's time to go from overwhelmed to empowered and lead your business with confidence. Just head over to peoplepoweredbusiness.com.au forward slash workshop to secure your seat now. Welcome to the People Powered Business Podcast. I'm your host, Christy Lee Billet. If you employ staff, engage contractors, or rely on people to help deliver your products or services, you're in the right place. Join us each week as we dive in to uncover what makes people tick, learn the best strategies and tactics to build an amazing team, and most importantly, discover how you, the business owner or leader, can unleash the power of your people to help create the successful business you deserve. Let's get started. Hey there, Christy Lee here, and welcome to episode number 134 of the People Powered Business Podcast. Great to have you here today, and I'm super excited about today's episode because today we have a very special guest joining us on the podcast, and I love having guests on the podcast, uh, and this guest is someone that I have been chatting to about getting on the podcast for a little while now. Today we are welcoming Chantelle Gilbert from Blue Gum Electrical Solutions. Now, Chantelle is one of our fabulous members of People Powered HR, and I really wanted to bring Chantelle on the podcast today to share her journey of starting a business with her husband from a desk in her bedroom to where they are today, a successful, large business with a team of staff in beautiful facilities, um, and they're continuing to grow year on year. Now, I think Chantelle's story is going to really resonate with many of you. You are possibly on the same journey that Chantelle is on now. Perhaps you're a little ahead, perhaps you're a little behind. There are no rights or wrongs, but I think you're really going to resonate with some aspects to her story, some of the challenges that she's faced along the way, some of the lessons that she's learnt, and the value of building the right team of people to help grow your business. Now, as I mentioned, Chantelle is the, she calls herself the general manager. I'm calling it CEO of Blue Gum Electrical Solutions. It's a business she runs with her husband, Josh, just outside of Melbourne in Victoria. And they have this beautiful vision of bringing customer service to the trades. So Blue Gum Electrical Solutions provide electrical, heating, cooling, solar solutions to residential homes in their area. They're really about making homes comfortable places to come home to and live. And of course, her husband Josh is uh, the head of the electricians and, and is the technical genius in the business. Chantelle's real passion, however, is in customer service. And she 
just loves providing exceptional levels of customer service. It is something that they are truly both passionate about and it's a, a model that they've built their business around and it's a model that they instill into their team as well. Now, Chantelle, as you will hear in the podcast, an exceptionally intelligent human being. She has uh, numerous degrees. She actually studied business and human resources. Uh, so we have a lot in common in that sense. And she was the recipient of the Young Business Person of the Year in the Macedon Rangers Award previously. Now, Chantelle's going to share her journey. She is a mum of three very young children. She loves scuba diving in the ocean, uh, and she is passionate about building this amazing business that they have. So today, Chantelle and I are going to discuss her journey from starting her business to where she is today. As I said, some of the lessons along the way, her values around building her team, because it is a really big focus for both her and Josh. And she shares that with us here on the podcast. And she's going to give you some tips as to uh, advice she might give you if you are in a similar stage in business. We're going to chat about what she likes most about being a boss. And I think there's some really great insights and lessons and experiences that she kindly shares with us here on the podcast. So without further ado, let's welcome Chantelle Gilbert to the podcast. Chantelle, hello and welcome to the podcast. Hello, thanks for having me. I'm so excited to have you here. I've actually wanted to have you on the podcast for a little while now and we finally made it happen. So (laughs) I've told everyone a little about you in the intro, but let's hear it in your own words because that's always far more interesting. Tell everyone a little bit about yourself and your business and and what you do. So um, we run a company, my husband and I run a company called Blue Gum Electrical Solutions and we help local families in Sunbury and the Maston Ranges to increase comfort and convenience in their homes through our guaranteed electrical, solar and air conditioning services. Um, A little bit more about me, I'm a mum of three little ones uh, and I'm a really avid scuba diver and love the ocean, but I don't live near the ocean, which is a bit sad. Yes, that is a bit sad because you're not close by. No, not at all. Great snorkeling or scuba, I think. But that makes for good holiday plans, I would assume. Yes, it does. Yes, it does. Oh, fantastic. And for those listening who think, well, Macedon Rangers sounds a little familiar. At the time we're recording this episode, there's there's a certain reality TV show airing in Australia that is in your neighbourhood, isn't there? I imagine it's causing some disruption. Yes, well, it's actually just down the road. It's walking distance from my house. Uh, it's very close to us. It's not too bad. I do drive that way on my way home um, and it is a little bit like Suicide Squad, watching out for people <laughs> who have decided to pull over on a very narrow road uh, and do their sticky baking. Uh, but, no, it's very interesting to see what's going on there. They are promoting a lot of solar, um, which is having a flow-through a flow through effect. A lot of our clients are talking about it. Um, and we're getting a sneak peek next Wednesday. Ooh. So, um, yeah, if anyone wants to know the goss, I'm going to be in on the know soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll be back in touch because I want to know the goss because I don't mind myself a little bit of reality TV, especially oh, around renovations. I'm going to send out an email to my client saying, we're going. What do you want me to find out? Yes. Um, so, yeah, we're getting full two next Wednesday. Wonderful. That's exciting. Yes. And I think, you know, that puts a spotlight on your area geographically, but as you just mentioned, it puts a spotlight on exactly the work that you do yeah. uh, being solar. Um, so could be very good for business, I imagine, too, which is nice. Yes, very much so. Awesome. So let's let's go back a little bit in time in history because you've been in business for more than a little while now. Tell us a little bit about when, when Blue Gum started and the, I guess the backstory, have you always been in business with your husband or what was the journey to you coming into the business? 
Well, we've always been in business together. We started Blue Gum mid-honeymoon. Uh, we chose to drive around Australia in the back of a ute uh, for six months for our honeymoon. And along the way, we were sort of working out what we wanted to do when we got back. Uh, and we decided we were going to join forces. Uh, we always, I always had a bit of a business flair. My dad ran businesses, my grandparents ran businesses. So it, was, it wasn't an uncommon idea for me. Um, and coming out of uni, I actually had a HR degree. Uh, but I don't really know how to use it, to be honest. <laughs> it's all theoretical. It's not practical. Um, and I really wanted to do organisational development. I had kind of landed that was going to be my spot. The only thing is you don't really do that as a graduate. That's like a 10-plus year position. And I'm not very patient. Um, so running a business was a way that I could do organisational strategy and development and grow something and you know, manage team that way. So that really ticked that box for me. And I also have a real passion for customer service. So being able to provide client experiences that exceed expectations and keep people coming back, that is really a really big passion of mine. So bringing those two things to the business um, and my husband bringing all his skills was kind of a no-brainer. That was about eight years ago now. Um, and we started out of my childhood bedroom. We had to, when we came back from the trip, we moved in with back in with my parents for a few months. Um, and I still remember the first day the phone rang. It was a two-story house, and there was a I had a desk in my room, and I was sitting at the desk, and the phone had rang, and someone had an emergency, and it was the first time, and I was so nervous. And I just remember watching at the time Josh had a Ute in a trailer. Now it's sort of fleet advanced, but I just remember watching him drive out the driveway and think this is it this is we've got this we can do this um and we always set everything up from scratch with the intention of it being bigger mm-hmm. um, and it has really taken eight years to really scale and leverage properly yeah to, up to those things but I love that you started with that intention in mind that this was always going to be bigger this yeah. was not ever going to be a running from your bedroom kind of enterprise the big yeah. picture was always there and you say it's taken eight years but eight years is pretty decent time for the amount of growth that you would you've had absolutely and you continue to have how many vans have you got out on the road now uh four vans two utes uh we've got teams over 10 it goes up and down depending on what's happening <laughs> um but yeah somewhere in that ballpark yeah, fantastic. And, you, and you're in beautiful premises with all of the facilities that you need um, yes. and certainly not operating out of a bedroom uh, anymore. Yes. yes, people did actually ask us why we didn't buy property and put a shed on it, um, like buy land and put yes. a shed on, operate out of a shed, but it was very important to us that there was division and it was mm-hmm. a professional workplace because we knew we wanted to grow, because we knew we wanted to be bigger. That was a no-brainer for us that we wanted staff coming to somewhere they were proud to work and somewhere that was very clearly professional professional was that even more important to you guys because you are a husband and wife team um and and to have that separation from home and work yeah most definitely even though we work together it's rare that we work on something together so Mm -hmm. we have very different roles in the business we can go all day without seeing each other or talking to each other um a lot of the stuff josh talks about i don't know anything about and if i try and get involved he says get back in your lane Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of things i do he doesn't know anything about Um, so we do run very different roles we're not sort of doing the same thing together and we have very different positions and has that been a very intent and clear decision right from the beginning to have very different roles in the business well I always wanted to be CEO there was not a (laughs) spot for him (laughs) I don't think he wants to be CEO either 
Uh, so that works. Um, yes. He's much better. He does a lot of, he does all the sales and all the quoting and manages the boys. And my job is more around the team and strategy um, and the marketing mm-hmm. um, and sort of leading us forward. And there's certainly times where he steer, he re-steers me in the right direction or, you know, pushes through something that I wouldn't have thought of. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it was always the intention that I would drive the business. Yeah. Excellent. Which is different to most trade couples. Yes and no. I'm seeing more and more of, um, often not as intentional as you guys have made it, especially from the outset, but um, of of a similar scenario where the tradie husband is generally on the tools and, and running that into the business. But I am seeing more and more tradie wives, I would like to say, stepping into that leadership yeah. role, which I think is really great. In the early days, were there challenges navigating the growth and and your roles and your visions for the business? Most definitely. We grew most of the last eight years. We have grown nearly doubled each year um, as far as revenue has gone, and that has come with it some serious growth pains Mm. um, and some serious bottlenecks. Probably one of the biggest challenges has definitely been team. Um, and we had a couple of bad hires over that time, probably two in particular that I can think of, well, three in total. We had three people that were no good, one of which we got rid of very fast, so that was easy and quite painless, um, two of which, and um, that was an office team member, but two of which were field technicians that stayed on several months, um, and that caused a great deal of stress and anxiety, um, and we didn't quite realise the effect that was having on the team until they were gone. You know, we didn't realise that they knew how bad these people were, um, that they weren't doing their job well and that they just essentially weren't good, weren't mm. good tradesmen. And we just thought only we knew that, but no, they knew that. Yeah. And they just hadn't said anything. And they were so grateful when they were gone. Yeah, and that's a really interesting point that you make because our team, they know what's going on far more than yeah. sometimes we give them credit for or even realise. Yeah. And they're watching, aren't they? They're watching what we do to deal with these poor performers or the behavioural issues. Um, and I wonder what, you know, what might have transpired if you hadn't taken action and you hadn't sorted these people out because it was great that they told you after the fact how relieved they were, but if this person had stayed or these two people had stayed, um, your team might have had a different opinion. Yeah, and I definitely think... Um the biggest learning that took me a while to get my mindset around was that we don't make money if we don't have a good team. Mm. And we really saw a transition to being far more profitable and far less in the struggle break even side of things when we had the right people in place. Mm. Um, and we have a really good team at the moment. We're looking at growing it. Um, we've got, you know, we've just filled one. We've got two more roles available at the moment that we're about to advertise for. But if we can keep having good team and looking after them, that is essentially the most important thing in our business. Because if they go, we don't have, while we have a business, it's two of us, that's not a business we want. So if we don't keep them and nurture them and keep them engaged and keep interacting with them as like as to where they're at, you know, making sure if they want something different or they need adjustment in their role that we're there for them. um, Yeah, that's, that's become a really big part of my job because we, we don't want them to go anywhere. Yeah, yeah. I think this is the exact point that I speak about so often in People Powered HR and with my clients. You can't have a business that is successful by all the measures as well as giving you any sense of freedom 
without the right team. Because you can have a very profitable business with just the two of you if you wanted to, but like you just said, that's not the business you want to play. That's not the game you want to play. And you'd also never be able to go scuba diving and have any fun if that was the business. So that would be far less interesting for you, definitely. So you've always wanted to do this, the leadership part of the business. So that's something you've naturally leaned into. Did Was there point any stage in this growth and these growing pains where a certain number of team members and, and you'd noticed that there was getting more challenging or the mix was wrong? Were there certain points where you hit three or five or seven staff that went, oh, this is a tough period to get through? Or was it not so much about the numbers but the quality of the people? Oh, I think it does change. I think um, somebody said when you've got a few, only a few team members, there's definitely this attitude of everyone helps out and everyone's in it like a family. Not that we're not a family now, we definitely are, Mm -hmm. but everyone has a different approach. I think once you get past, like separate to us, sort of once we got past seven that weren't, weren't the two of us or six or seven yep. got to the we just getting, we just got to the point we're definitely in that now where they expect all of the niceties and organization and um structure of a large company yeah. um whereas they don't do that when there's only three or four of you they mm. don't expect any of that but once you get that bit bigger like you know to a team of 10 like we are now there is this this inherent expectation that you will get everything right that you will have everything in place and that you will have every entitlement and opportunity to them that they wouldn't have, they don't have when there's a smaller team. But as a smaller company, you can't necessarily afford that. You haven't always got got those things in place. Now we certainly do everything we can, but there is definitely a, a different management at that size of team as we grow and making sure that we are managing those expectations and doing doing what we can within budget and looking after and trying our best to keep that family vibe. Mm. It's an interesting balance, isn't it, between keeping that, you said, as you said, that family vibe. And I know you refer to your team as the Blue Gum family, like you really own that. And um, But then there's this mindset or expectation from the team's perspective that you're going to still be like a family but have all these other bells and whistles that uh, a corporate might have, for example. So it's it's an interesting balance. What strategies have you used to try and navigate that balance or what, what have been some of the key things you've really lent into? One thing that we really lean into is that any of our staff who work for us, their families are part of the team, like even though they don't work here. So we make a real effort to know who they are, know what's going on in their lives, you know, know their kids' names, ask about their kids, know who's sick, who's not sick, and ask how their partners are doing. Something that um, has been a weird recruitment you know, hack for us is that then hiring good quality electricians is really hard. Mm-hmm. But one of the things we've found that gets someone who's just the right mix for us is a dual income family. Mm-hmm. Um, so someone whose partner also works. Um, and then we have, and then us having respect for that and mm-hmm. honoring that and supporting that um, makes a huge difference to the environment. And that's one of the ways that we keep that family vibe alive. Um, another thing I guess that we do is we do, we try and up our game. Like we have one staff member who's particularly good at holding us to account but in, a, in a good way. Mm-hmm. I mean, they're not going anywhere and it's more like a, we need to do better or, you know, they've always yes. got high expectations. Um, so, you know, trying really hard that when somebody does ask for something that we have a process or way of making it happen. Mm-hmm. So we don't end up in a situation where they've asked for something and three months later they haven't got it and there's no reason why, there's no response and it's, you know, there's no action on things. So if we have a meeting, like this is still very much a work in progress for us, but we have a meeting, it's an email say, hey, this is what we discussed. These are things that I'm going to be actioning based on our meeting. These are things that I asked 
new to action or you to work on and when we might touch base again mm-hmm. um, or if it's a you know other office staff members who are also involved in supervising team members making sure that they pick up on things and they that we also kind of have a rule verbal doesn't count mm-hmm. so if you tell somebody something verbally it doesn't it doesn't mean squat unless you set a task or sent an email or filled out a form people don't remember so mm-hmm. that's one of the other things we do to try and help communication within the team mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. And something you said earlier, I just want to circle back to, and this is around really knowing your ideal person for your business. And the fact that you've niched this right down, particularly with your electricians, to know that someone that is in a dual income household, and I know with a lot of your team also have a young family, um, is is where it's at for you. And I think it creates, there's a few things that I think are really interesting I want to pick out of this is one, you've got a team of like-minded people because everyone's experiencing similar challenges and, and yourself included that come with juggling a young family. So we can all, it's not about creating the same kind of people in our team, it's just similar experiences. And one of the ways you really, I know, support that is, you know, if, if one of the kids is sick, quite often one of your guys is the one off um, you know, taking the carer's leave um, because they share that responsibility. I know you really encourage that, don't you? Yeah, look, it, it comes from one of our guys who's been here the most, um, whose wife is a, a teacher but relatively high up teacher, um, and they have a rule in their family that is 50-50. So if the kid is sick, it's one day each. Um, mm-hmm. It sort of comes from that. And, yeah, yeah. It, it is only fair and it also lines nicely to my, you know, mums should work. Yes. <laughs> Uh, it doesn't work in my household, though. You're the CEO, so I'll just put it out there that you could make that decision. Yeah, look, if, you know, if I can. I also have the flexibility that it doesn't matter. Yes, um, it's a lot easier for me. Um, but yeah, look, that sort of came from that, and it, it is very frustrating. And I will say this: as a business owner, when somebody calls you at three o'clock, which happens to me yesterday, happened to me just yesterday, and says, "Hey, I know it's off today. I'm actually going to be off tomorrow because I still need to look after somebody because somebody's." still sick and they've asked me to stay home basically Mm. um and this example was a technician looking after his wife who just had surgery um minor surgery but his wife had asked him to stay home the next day because she really wasn't feeling Mm -hmm. up to anything um now i've got an hour i was filling in for georgia so i've got we've got an hour to reschedule everything for the next day I can be annoyed, I can be frustrated, I can think, suck it up and come to work, right? But ultimately, at the end of the day, they're entitled to take that leave. No matter what I say or what I do, they're entitled. And if they've asked for it, they're taking it. Mm -hmm. So instead of getting annoyed about it, we have this approach and this attitude that how can we support them and say yes and be supportive and, and, you know, um, make sure we, you know, say, I hope she feels better, is there anything else you need? That is a much nicer culture and we get reciprocity in return. Yes. And we have to trust our team enough that they only ask when they need it, which they do. Mm -hmm. Um, But instead of getting annoyed about it, we can create culture and reciprocity and we can turn that into a positive so that when I need the next two days, when I need something and I want to ask that technician to go to an after-hours job or to do overtime for me, they will because I'm always there for them too. So it's a much better way of managing the leave than getting pissed off or discouraging it because ultimately it's always going to happen and they're entitled to it, they'll take it. So when you get over that and just Mm. focus on how can we make this the best for our business and us, it's about retention. You know, we want to keep our staff and if they always feel supported, they're more likely to stay. Mm. And I absolutely agree that 
foundation of trust is essential in any great team. And do you think that's been one of your key retention strategies, having that reciprocity, having that level of trust and we've got each other's back? Do you think that's really helped you keep great people? Yes. Um, we often say if you need to make a decision and we are not there, you have our full authority to make a decision and we will back whatever decision you make even if we don't agree with it mm-hmm. because we don't want a team that can't make decisions. They can't work on their own. So it doesn't matter if they get the decision wrong. And Mm -hmm. we say this to all of our team, we want you to feel like you can make a decision and we will back it Mm -hmm. and we'll support you in whatever decision you've made. Um, And that makes makes a big big difference. Mm. Because they don't get that in other workplaces. No, no, look, people, there's two things I have to remind myself. One is that people come to work wanting to do a good job. Mm -hmm. People don't come to work wanting to be bad at their jobs. People, most people have an inherent desire to be good at what they do. Mm -hmm. So people aren't making mistakes or, you know, not fulfilling potential on purpose. Mm -hmm. It's not, you know, it's not an intentional decision. Um, So it's all about how we can support them and encourage them to, to be better. The other thing I always remind myself is that often as business owners, we assume the worst. Of any mm. scenario. So if something happens with a team member, we always immediately, I don't know about everyone else, but me yes. personally, immediately assume the worst case scenario, that the person has done something wrong or that they've made a mistake or whatever it might be. And acknowledging that and being really aware that you are going to automatically assume the worst and mm. stopping yourself from doing that makes a huge difference in how you manage your team and also your levels of stress and resentment towards other people in your team you just you don't know what you don't know um and everyone deserves it's always you've got to go with the benefit of the doubt always mm, yeah fascinating and because retention is such a big challenge for people at the moment it is and like you mentioned earlier it it doesn't mean that as small businesses we can necessarily throw money at everything or have all of these big solutions available to us so we do have to think about what's at our disposal what can we do to retain great people in our business and these are some of the examples aren't they of what you can be doing yeah definitely Mm. so you were always innately a leader obviously you studied HR you're interested in organizational design so you you wanted to do this and you've clearly stepped in and and done it, but what have been some of the big lessons you've had to learn along the way? Because I find reality is never quite the same as what what they're teaching us, for sure, Uh, and sometimes we have to learn things the hard way. One of them is that despite my textbook experience, uh, on-paper experience, it as a business owner, no matter how much you know or how much experience you have, it's really valuable to have a third-party outside help like yourself. Mm. And that has made a huge difference to our business um, because we have had some really stressful times. So we had a staff member, you know, talking about fair work with us when I was, you know, six months pregnant with twins and someone else had just left. And, you know, we've had some really stressful things happen, most of which happened during covid Um, And all of that was not stressful because we had the outside support from someone who wasn't involved in our business, who Mm. could look at it from the big picture and go, this is the problem, this is the solution, this is the next step. And then I didn't have to think any more about it. Um, And ultimately my headspace is is high real estate, you know, (laughs) there's only so many things I can be thinking or focusing on at one time. And so when something goes wrong, having that support, and having the mindset that it's not it's not stressful, it's not a big deal, it's a process, there's a solution, 
this is how we manage it moving forward. And that's something that came out of COVID. Um, you know, essentially we came out the other side doing if we can handle that um, and manage all the things that happen to happen all at one time for us, we can handle anything. And there's this mm. deep down reserves too that we have of energy that should we ever need to tap back into are available. Um, but, you know, always having a process yeah, uh, and it, about something is huge. So if a client makes a complaint, it can be really stressful. Mm-hmm. But if you have a process of how you deal with that complaint, you know, how you go back to the client, what information you get from the client, you know, what kinds of resolutions you put forward to the client, it's not really stressful at all. Yeah. So having a, a system and process to follow for things like that makes a huge difference and having the someone to come in from a bird's eye picture view outside of the di- business. Um, the other thing is probably mind- mindset. Um, as the business has grown, I have had to up-level my mindset with the company. Um, like when we started, you know, I was 21, you know, I didn't have that much experience behind me um, and there's a very different mindset that I have now than what I did and there's probably two or three times throughout where I had to really pivot and really push um, and times where the business was ahead of my mindset mm. um, and I've had to catch up fast. Mm, so that you weren't pulling the business yeah. back with your mindset. Yeah. 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 Because what got you to where you are now is never going to be where, what's yeah. going to get you to where you want yeah. to go, isn't it? So how how does your role look differently now compared to the first 12 months of the business? The things you're spending your days on, the things you're spending your headspace on, how is it different? Well, there's kind of been three key stages to where I am now versus where I started. When we started, I was the everything. Mm-hmm. I was the customer service person. I answered every call. I was the receptionist. I would be in calls at five o'clock at night with my headset in my handbag just in case somebody calls, right? Because I was not missing a phone call. Or like I'd go to a business a workshop and I'd be curled up in the corner out the, you know, in the way, like with a little notepad and my headset on, which was noise cancelling in my hope that no one would know I wasn't actually at a desk. Um, so then the second thing happened when the second sort of stage happened when we got someone else in who started answering calls. Mm-hmm. And I was, um, I slowly moved um, over over a longer period of time to more office manager, but supporting customer service. Mm-hmm. So I was managing the schedule still and still answering clients' calls or doing sales, like sales follow-ups, but I wasn't the first point of contact anymore. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I'm really transitioning. I have, we have a customer service, new customer service coordinator started, starting soon. And Georgia, who was doing that role previously, is now stepping up as our office manager. And she when she comes, she's going maternity leave soon, but when she comes back, the intention is that she will take all everyday tasks away from me. So my role will not involve not one everyday task. I won't have any client contact unless I choose to do case studies or interviews. I will be purely focused on growing the business, marketing the business and supporting the, the team. Mm. <coughs> Excuse me. So That's, yeah. So I've kind of gone from an office manager slash, so customer service to office manager slash general manager at times, and then now I'm really trying to step up into a CEO role. Mm. So, and this is really where it all, all the magic starts to happen because when you step into that capacity and there's nothing day-to-day for you to do, that's when you've got a business that actually you can go scuba diving or do whatever you like, and the business is not going to just survive, but do totally fine and and really well and it's relying on you to set and drive the vision not to do the day-to-day which I think is really um you know that's a place many business owners are striving really to get to so um I think that's super exciting 
and I'm sure you are also very excited about that. So tell me, what do you love most about being a boss? One of our boys once sent me a message saying morning boss and then I had whatever I needed. It just made it was like the best thing that ever happened. <laughs> so being called a boss is your yeah, I, mean, well, I don't know. I just I just thought it was the best thing ever. Sometimes I forget, sometimes I forget how much respect they do actually have for me, mm. the boys. Like in the past, that was something that you know worried me or concerned me. It doesn't anymore, but you know, it's it's nice when they show it. Mm-hmm. Um the uh, I like the flexibility. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like being able to choose what I do. So I like being able to spend my time um, on campaigns and bigger thinking. Like I'm very much a strategic person. If something can be done better, I'm all for that. So I'm always looking at how we can automate things or how we can increase our customer experience or how we can change our strategy to make us more profitable and focus more in the 20, 20% of the clients that make 80% of the profit. Um, so I really like playing that game. Um and I think I like the idea that we're always improving. There is mm-hmm. nothing static and that if something doesn't work, I have full control to fix it or make it better. I'm not not limited or being told by anyone else what to do. Mm-hmm. However, on the flip side, what's really hard, so if you're going to ask this, but what's really hard is there is nobody telling you you've done a good job. Mm-hmm. There is so true. Particularly for my role in our business, you know, Josh, he is face-to-face with clients, he's selling to clients and clients call it, you know, he's talking to clients after the boys are done work. You know, he has this interaction and, you know, I guess gratitude back from clients, whereas my work is far more hidden mm-hmm. um, or even when it is front of mind, it's not, some, and it's not something anyone talks about or so there's no one else above me in the business to say, hey, that was a great marketing campaign. That did really well. Did you yep. see those numbers? No. <laughs> Uh, there's no one. There's no one to do that. That's me. Yeah. Um, so one of the things that I heard a little while ago that's made a huge difference for me is a quote that it's um, I've already settled it. The good and the bad go down the same drain, and it's just the idea that it doesn't really matter. I don't need the good the good feedback just the same way the bad feedback doesn't affect me. You know, like mm. when we get face we get Facebook trolls or anything like that. Just the idea that I've already made the decision that I'm doing a good job and, you know, the good and the bad can go down the same drain. Mm, yeah, that's great because, yeah, that you're right as the business owner, particularly if you're the one not doing the customer service and sales so much, you're not getting that direct input like Josh is getting, you get nothing. Yeah. <laughs> you have nothing to play <laughs> except well, maybe complaints from time to time. Yeah, no one's except dealing with, the, you know, the serious problems. Yeah, yeah, all the escalation. Yeah. So if you could give a business owner who's trying to do exactly what you've done and what you're doing and stepping up to be a boss and to become the CEO of their business, a piece of advice, what would it be? You need people and you need a good team. Mm. And that should be a strong focus and you shouldn't settle when you hire. You should push until you get the right person. But having that focus on that team, if you don't get that team right, the rest is is not, it doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. No, so true. Couldn't agree with you more. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. It's been fabulous to have you. And if someone is in your area around the Macedon Ranges, Sunbury, Gisborne area, how should they get in touch with Bluegum Electrical? They can jump onto our website at bluegumelectricalsolutions.com.au or they can find us on Facebook as well. And always feel free, just give us a call. Wonderful. Thank you so much, Chantelle. It's been great to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. 
Chantelle, thank you so much for joining us. Listeners, I really hope you enjoyed that discussion. She's an amazing human and she's on a journey that many of us are on in business. As I said, perhaps we're at different stages right now, but I think it's so great to hear the similar experiences, the challenges possibly, um, and just the real nature of what it's like being in business. Um, I think Chantal shared some great insights into her growth and experience and her journey, and I really, truly appreciate her being here on the podcast with us today. Now, if you would love to reach out to Chantelle after hearing her uh, story here on the podcast, all of her contact details will be in today's show notes. Feel free to reach out and let her know how much you've enjoyed uh, her conversation on the podcast today. And as always, if you would like to connect with other business owners and leaders on a similar journey, experiencing similar challenges and wins in their business, I would love for you to join us over in our free Facebook group, HR Support for Australian Businesses. The link, as always, is in today's show notes, show notes I should say, which you can grab wherever you're listening to this episode. Um, or if you just head over to Facebook groups and search HR Support Australia, you'll absolutely find us there. Thank you so much for joining us here on this week's episode of the podcast, and I can't wait to chat to you again next week, where we are going to unpack this journey that Chantelle and I spoke about a little today, but the broader journey that I see business owners take when building teams in their business, from the concept of the business idea through to having a business which is truly powered by our people, the journey like Chantelle is experiencing right now. So I'm really looking forward to that discussion next week. Thanks again. Have a great week. And I'll speak to you again next week on the People Powered Business Podcast. 